We launched Spark Joy on August 31st, 2017. We've officially received over 40,000 downloads. Yay! Yay! Virtual high five. Virtual high five. <laughs> Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Comari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Welcome to our first Spark Joy highlight show. Yay! We are so grateful for every single person out there in podcast land that's even spent one second checking out our show. We've loved all of your feedback. We've received it through Facebook, through Instagram, through email. Special shout out to Sarah and Kimberly. They were our first two listeners to submit burning tidying questions that we've answered in Spark Joy episodes 9 and 13. So be sure to loop back to those. Keep those questions coming in 2018. We love helping you make KonMari work for you by applying the method and the fundamentals to your specific clutter challenges. So keep sending those questions in. Before we jump into the show, we have a big announcement. Are you ready, Karen? Yes. (laughs) Okay. We launched Spark Joy on August 31st, 2017. We've officially received over 40,000 downloads. Yay! Yay! Virtual high five. Virtual high five. It's almost hard to believe. It's just, uh, it just seems so incredible, but I'm, I'm just so, mm-hmm. so excited. Um, you know, we really can't reminisce about this year without considering the highs along with the lows. Both Kristen and myself had no experience going into this podcasting thing. We were both just really big fans of the art form and both of us were devoted listeners. We both have our own list of podcasts that we listen to religiously. Um, and so we were just wanted to share the message of KonMari. And so we decided to take this on. Um, but starting a project like this was really outside of our comfort zone. And we had some ups and downs. Um, I think the biggest one was that just prior to launching episode number nine, I accidentally uploaded the unedited version of the show. And so anyone who had the podcast automatically downloaded got to listen to Kristen and I going back and forth about how to answer a question, which I'm sure was <laughs> really fun to endure. Yes, true behind um, the scenes. Right? Behind the scenes. <laughs> and thanks for our listeners who let us know that hey, yeah. we don't think something's right here. <laughs> yeah, that actually was very nice. Now, although a couple of people were like, oh, we weren't sure if you was, mm-hmm. this was supposed to be like this. Or, but anyway, we were able to correct it pretty quickly, but it was it was the big faux pas. Um, and we worked with several editors. Uh, editors are the people who um, take all of the recording that we do and they make it into a podcast. So we rely on them a lot. And we, we went through a few before we found um, the perfect one for us. And she really sparks joy. Hi, Evelyn. Hi. Thank you, Evelyn. You're great. You're the best. She's the best. <laughs> and we really didn't realize how difficult it would be to do things like make sure that the intro and the outro line up with the music and with the last thing that we say. Um, so it's really an art um, and a science to make podcasts work and pull them together. So we're very appreciative of for Evelyn. Um, 
And of course, we had our share of technical problems. Mm-hmm. A couple of times, we had to ask guests to return so that we could re-record the show after we had either some issue with our, our equipment or with the podcasting platform. Um, and so sometimes we just had to re-record the whole thing. So we were very appreciative of the patience of our guests as we learned along the way. Yeah, we've definitely run into some challenges, but we haven't let them pull us down. And we've learned a lot along the way. I I know I've learned so much from just being a co-host on this show. And it's been such a cool experience. So thank you guys for bearing with us through the good times and the bad times. (laughs) Before we jump into some of our favorite episodes of 2017, you probably know what's coming. It's time for Joy Check. Year in style. Yes. So Karen, I have a huge question for you this time. What sparked the most joy for you in 2017? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really hard for me to try to think of one thing that sparked the most joy. Um, I would say that, of course, it's been a really great year um, with my business and um all those, all the things that go along with that. But I would say that the most important thing is that, that, um, for the most part, everyone in my family is healthy and happy. And in fact, along those lines, it's been a rather an eventful year, which is always a good thing. So I'm, I really am appreciative and, and, um, think it's super awesome that that's, um, that we haven't had any major catastrophes or, or major setbacks as far as, you know, those things that happen in in families throughout the year. So that's been very good. Um, But in addition to that, and maybe this is a little bit too much on the nose, I would have to say that, that the, the clients that have come into my life this last year have been just really amazing. You know, I, I've never had, I never, I never occurred to me that my clients would not only be just, um, you know, really interesting, but that they would have so many neat things going on in their lives. Uh, clients have come to me for at many different stages in their lives and for many different reasons and um, learning about their visions and their journeys um, and what they hope to achieve and their challenges has just been so interesting and fulfilling. And so I'm, I'm really a- appreciative that, that my clients have allowed me to come into their lives and get to know them on a really personal level. Mm-hmm. So, Kristen, what has sparked the most joy for you? Well, if I think about the entire year, gosh, I I would say my network. And by that, I mean my personal network, my business network, my social network, my in-person network. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I just feel like at this particular moment in my life, I'm just uh, surrounded by amazing people. And I've always heard things like you're the sum of the five people you spend the most of your time with or, or like when, as you're like putting things out there, either you're letting things go like with tidying or you're said you're, you're walking in an intentional way. Like this is what I want to do. I want to make a difference. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Then things you'll just attract, you know, things into your life. Um, And I've always heard that pre Kamari, post Kamari, but I've never really felt it to the extent as I am now in my, and really I've just 
met some amazing people this year, including you, Karen, of course, <laughs> like you. you're part of this network for sure. And gosh, I mean, there's people here in Chicago, there's people online, it could just some, some we're going to talk about today on the show who we've yeah. had on as guests. So yeah, we're just uplifting each other. Uh, I'm, I'm not being, I'm not holding back when it comes to areas of my life that I'm vulnerable uh, about. Uh, and it's, it's opened up so many people who are like, well, you, you struggle with that. I can help you. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I'm like, okay, great. Well, I love tidying. Can I help you with that? Or, or I love doing this. I love that. We just, you know, continue to uplift each other. So yeah, I'd say my network for sure sparks the most joy this year. Now that we've done our joy checks, let's get on to highlights. Well, we're ending 2017 on a high note by sharing the episodes that you let us know you love the most and the episodes that seem to have the most immediate impact on our lives. These were conversations that have helped us not only become better tidying professionals working with clients, but have also inspired us to make changes in our own lives. So let's start with our very first SparkJoy guest, Jenny Ning. Kristen and I both met Jenny in San Francisco at our culinary seminar. This is the place where we learned um, the very first, uh, this is the very first step in our becoming culinary consultants. And um, Jenny was Marie Kondo's very first United States employee. So it was really an honor that she agreed to be our first guest. Um, During our interview, she let us in on a secret that's tucked in to two of Marie Kondo's best-selling books. Here's Jenny and Spark Joy, episode number two. So I've read the Kanmari books, Spark Joy and The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, countless times. And one of my favorite quotes is the one that says, life truly begins only after you have put your house in order. And a fun fact that I discovered is that this is the last sentence of the first book, and it's the first sentence of Spark Joy, the second book. Wow. And awesome. yeah, I so I feel like that sentence really sums it up. And um, for people who are in the journey or thinking about beginning, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely something to look forward to. So I never noticed this Easter egg until Jenny mentioned it. She's right. This is something that many of us who complete this method really get. Um, it starts out as just kind of a means to get the house in order and, you know, to get things tidied up and to get rid of some of the clutter and to maybe feel a little bit more manageable um, as far as your day-to-day activities. But for a lot of us, we find that it really transcends just getting our things in order. Um, and for a lot of folks, they can really talk about the different ways that things have changed. I mean, I know that I can I can think just off the top of my head um, about how I approach shopping for things. It, it used to be that... Um, you know, shopping was kind of a form of entertainment. And I, um, you know, just loved to go see what was new and see what was on sale. And, um, you know, and if it was a great price and, and, you know, it was a good deal, then, then I definitely, you know, wanted to get it, um, without a lot of thought to how it fit in with, you know, my organized home or with my life, if it was something that I needed, if it's something that I loved. Um, it was just kind of the, the thrill of the chase. But after Kanmai, I just 
just stop doing that. And now I still shop. I mean, I definitely love shopping and going to see what's new, but the amount of things or the quality of things that I bring home is just really different. And I would have never have expected that. Um, and that's really something that only changed, not all of a sudden, but little bit by little bit after Kanmai. And just, um, just randomly, I have had so many clients share that very same story, even before I've told them about my own experience. So it, it does seem to be a really common, a common thread for people. Yeah, this is probably going to sound really cliche, but I definitely divide my life into like pre-Kanmari and post-Kanmari because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just operate so differently now. And I just don't even know what I did before <laughs> I started this process. Because not only do I watch and am more thoughtful about everything that I let cross the threshold of my home in terms of shopping, I also just pay attention to what my schedule is looking like. How am I dividing my time? Who am I allowing into my life? Who am I spending time talking to on the phone or texting? You know, all of those little things are really important. And I only do things that spark joy when it comes to people, places, things, everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's fully become a lifestyle like we talk a lot about on this show. And yeah, I can can literally with a a clear line divide pre-Kanmari, post-Kanmari. So I love how the book almost also takes that division with having that thread of that quote in um, both the life-changing magic of tidying up and spark joy. So it's really cool. Thanks for sharing that little secret with us, <laughs> Jenny. Yeah. So you may be familiar with our next featured guest. If you're as much of a fan of the TV show Hoarders on A&E as I am. Dorothy Brininger is one of my favorite professional organizers on Hoarders. I'm a huge fan. I, I uh, love the show before I started to become a professional organizer and after. I'm always shocked by how she can literally scale mountains of clutter and then she can just come back down and help someone through their emotional break th- breakdown or check a family member who's like totally getting out of control. She's truly fearless for sure. She's an industry vet and she was just as passionate and inspirational on our show as she is on reality TV. So she shared the one question you have to ask yourself before diving into clutter in Spark Joy episode three. Here's Dorothy. I think this process of, you know, trying to ask your clutter what it's saying about you, doesn't that sound kind of kooky? Sounds really silly, like your clutter can talk. But (laughs) on the other hand, it is saying so much. Uh, Both of you are very able organizers and, you know, amazing women in the KonMari process and the method. So I know that you can walk into a room and you can kind of see things that are going on that are maybe not so obvious to the person who's uh, the clutter bug, who's got all that clutter. So what I'm suggesting is if you have a lot of clutter, extreme clutter, if you hoard, whatever it is, I want you to think about standing in the middle of your clutter or near it and simply ask yourself, what is really going on here? And then wait a second, listen, Mm. listen. So you don't just ask the question and say, oh my gosh, what's going on here? I need to, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. What is really going on here? Take a few what, 30 seconds and wait for an answer. 
And then ask yourself, why are there stale carrots or slices of pizza in a box on the floor? Why are there unopened boxes from my move four years ago? I want you to sit there or stand there long enough to get an answer. That's the part we don't wait for. We might ask it, but we don't wait for the answer. Well, well, it's really not the clutter talking to us. It's ourselves. And those answers do come. I love this question. What does your clutter say about you? I've used this with my clients and I tend to use it with myself as well. If I've completed my Kanmari tidying event, but of course, there's moments in my life where things don't quite get back into place as quickly as I'd like them to. If I'm busy, if I'm working on something, I get a little messy in my home. I take a moment and ask, what is my clutter saying about me right now in this moment? Uh, It might be saying, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling lazy or anxious. I've put too much in my schedule. I'm overwhelmed. I'm procrastinating. Uh, So yeah, I like to ask myself why or ask myself what my clutter is saying about me even after completing KonMari. And really the clutter never lies. And the truth is often right there in the clutter in front of you. You just have to take a moment and listen. Well, and I think this is just such a, a an amazing point that she made, and 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 I can't help but think in her work with people who really have hoarding issues, this is a question that really is something that would be like over a very long period of time. Like, what is this clutter? What has this clutter been saying about you for the last ten years mm-hmm. during the time that things have gotten to this state in your home? Um, which is so interesting because what you just said is that we can also think of that in terms of what is this clutter saying about my last week? You know, sure. saying things are out of order after I've come married and um, I feel good about the permanent home that my things have, but everything's out of sorts right now. So what is that saying about my last week? What is that saying about the last 10 years of my life? I mean, it's really an interesting question. I mean, I think at one time, or for a lot of people, it's an idea of it's just stuff. You just put stuff away. But there's really so much more to it. And I think she really hit it. Um, She really hit the nail on the head. And and it was a great conversation. For sure. We're so grateful for having Dorothy on the show, definitely a decluttering and veteran and celebrity declutterer as well. (laughs) So our next highlight is a guest from my network. I mentioned earlier in the show, my network currently is sparking a whole lot of joy. So here's one of those folks I was speaking about, as you've probably picked up on by now, finances and shopping habits and all of that is a huge focus area for me now that I have completed my tidying and everything within my four walls is supporting my life. I have time now to focus on other areas uh, of my life and finances. One of them, when it comes to all things money, Tess Wicks is my mentor. She's based here in Chicago and she has a wide virtual network where she helps career women become empowered and financially independent. And of course, most importantly, wealthy. (laughs) Tess shared a budget management tip you won't forget in Spark Joy episode six. Here's Tess. 
I have a way of organizing my finances actually by having multiple bank accounts. And that feels a little bit disorganized because you know, you're going from one bank account to many, but it actually helps give your money a purpose. And when you're saving for the short term or you're trying to pre-save for some big expenses or some expensive times ah. of year, like the holidays, um, I find that it's really helpful to, um, after you get your income in your regular checking account, then automatically sending some money to these various categorized bank accounts that will um, help you save for those big goals that you have mm-hmm. to uh, achieve for yourself throughout the year. So a couple that I recommend are emergency savings, of course, um, having that account as a buffer for in case of any emergencies. And then also I like to recommend weddings and gifts. And this is other people's weddings that we ah. often tend to have a lot of when we're in our 20s and 30s um, and even beyond. And gifts, of course, is for holiday times as well as birthdays throughout the year. But having an account set aside so that you're actively saving for those expensive times of year. And then I also personally have a stupid mistakes account because I make a lot of stupid mistakes. Like like living in Chicago and getting parking tickets quite frequently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's a way that I like to organize my finances and, you know, give, it's kind of like having a, um, a place in your home for everything. Like everything has its place. It's not disorganized and, you know, spilling over into something else. You, you know, exactly what that money is meant for. And it really helps avoid, helps you avoid getting into any sort of um, consumer debt because you're pre-saving for a lot of these big things. Okay. So I completely rejected this whole idea of having multiple bank accounts. <laughs> I heard Tess say it and I was like, oh, just like she says in the clip, it, it, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive to simplify your financing and declutter finances by adding more accounts to your life. Um, but it actually really helped when I just accepted it. I often challenge my clients to organized in a way that they're not used to. And sometimes we just all have to accept the way that we think is working really isn't working, mm-hmm. whether it be with our diets or clutter or uh, in our homes or finances in this case. So I just was like, okay, this is going to feel uncomfortable, but I'm just going to do it. And what I did is set up two checking accounts and four savings accounts. And one checking account is fixed spending. One checking account is guilt-free spending, like um, things like eating out or um, dry cleaning or getting my nails done, things like that. Then I have those four savings accounts that are all doing different jobs. One is saving for a vacation I'm taking next year. One is saving for the expected expense of traveling to see my niece who will be here in February. And also I set up an emergency fund and another fund to help me through some property management things that I'm working on right now in the real estate space. So I've got four accounts doing their job and two accounts that also assist me to make sure all the bills are getting paid while I also am spending guilt-free because I have a set budget um, and a set amount of money that goes into that account that's called guilt-free. So yeah, 
it all worked out. The saving grace was that all of these accounts are under one login. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if they weren't, I probably still would not be happy with this this activity. But it did really help me and it's a great visual and, and I love it. So thanks, Tess, for the great tip. It really was a great tip and, and I completely agree. I would see I can certainly see that having them under the same login would be really the key. And mm-hmm. it's such a um it's like an organizational tip, you know, is also um, making sure that, that, that you have them all in a place where you can manage them easily. But I think I so agree with this whole idea that um, if you don't set aside into a separate bucket um, money for different goals, it's really, it's so hard to like look at a pile of money and say, okay, so part of this money goes here, but unless you actually make that happen, mm-hmm. um, I have in a smaller way, I have an account that is just put aside um, for a bathroom remodel. And it's amazing how much easier it is having that little, that place that that money goes as opposed to trying to keep it all in the same thing. So it's yeah. really a great tip. And so easy too. I mean, you know, it's just really a matter of setting setting those things up. Yeah, it's easier to set up those accounts than you think. I mean, it was a matter of minutes and, you know, a couple clicks, a couple, you know, contracts or uh-huh. yes, I agree to the terms and then it would pop up and I had a new account. So it was, yeah, really easy. And yeah, like Tess says, these are expenses you know that are coming down the line. So mm-hmm. rather than just having them meet you at a place where you have to put them on a credit card, you're saving in advance so they're not you're not panicking. Uh, you have the money there. So thank you so much, Tess, for helping me this year declutter my finances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I first ran across our next guest, Lloyd Alter, when I read his series on, of articles on how society is beginning to favor a more minimal approach to furnishing our homes. And um, he talked a lot about how our interest in, you know, the teacups and the big brown heavy furniture that our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents had um, how we're just not as interested in those things as we used to be and and how we're kind of grappling with this idea that um, maybe we are not so interested in inheriting, inheriting those things. Um, but after reading those articles, we then learned that Lloyd is a very prolific voice as an architect, uh, an inventor, he's an ecologist, and he's also a professor of sustainable design. But even with all of this, he was just really down to earth, and he shared some very deeply personal experiences with us. And in Spark Joy episode number seven, Lloyd told us all about his family's wonderful idea for a unique downsizing party. Because my children are of the age, they were between 20 and 30, where they have so many friends who are starting it out are really poor. Uh, We just had a giant open house and said, guys, come take it. You want cutlery, you want dishes, you want this. There was stuff from Kelly's mom, there was our stuff. But instead of selling it or taking it to the junk dealer or having a garage sale where we might have gotten 50 or 100 bucks for all of this stuff, we knew it was going to young people who were friends of my kids who were actually going to put it to use in starting up their own homes and spread it around to a lot of people. And even though we didn't get any money for that, uh, we really felt good about it. And so this is something if you have uh, if you have 
children who have friends about that age that I highly recommend because it was incredibly satisfying. We brought beer, we bought pizza, we let them all come in, we let them go out with everything they wanted, and everything was gone by the end of the day almost. I really liked Lloyd's story about how he and his family had set up a plan to discard things that they no longer wanted um, and to distribute them uh, throughout his children's friends. It was just such a fun story. Um, and I really like hearing about new ways to discard things because one of the real, the real fundamental principles of KonMari is that um, we show appreciation for the things that um, that we're keeping and also gratitude for the things that we're leaving behind. Um, and finding different ways to do that or express that, I think, is, is just really fun and interesting. Um, and not to mention that, it, of course, it keeps things out of the landfill, which is always a good thing. <laughs> for sure. And I really like that his, his take on having those conversations with older members of the family and how to, um, you know, hang on to those things that are really meaningful and and important, but then being okay with maybe not keeping, you know, the f- the four sets of china or the 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 big dining room table and the uh, the china cabinet and all those things. So it was just really really interesting and helpful. Yeah, this whole idea of decluttering across generations or decluttering multiple generations decluttering at once. You know, it's going to be something I'm sure we'll talk about next year. I mean, it's definitely a personal topic for me mm-hmm. uh, as, as I continue to work with clients and as well as my own family when it comes to decluttering. And as some of you may know, there's a new book that's coming out in January by uh, an author who's from Sweden, and it's a called uh, Death Cleaning, which is this idea of uh, decluttering um, or decluttering w- with the goal of uh, leaving, you know, uh, a legacy of joy uh, mm-hmm. behind. So we'll definitely continue to explore this topic in the new year. I, you know, I saw uh, where Marie Kondo had been interviewed or there was, she'd written an article or something about um, her take on this book. And so I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm looking forward to hearing what she had to say about this. Yeah. Yeah. When I originally saw the term death cleaning, I was so confused. I didn't know what it was. Um, (laughs) But I was like, what does that mean? Like, and I I guess it's, it's pre-death. I guess we should clarify that. So you're organizing before you die and examining what you have before you die. Um, And Marie is very open to this. It's a great compliment to Kunmari. And Marie, in that article that you mentioned, I, I did read that. And she mentioned that uh, she's open to anyone taking any method or mm. any in any way examining the possessions that they are surrounded with at any phase of life. Um, so I think this this particular book is uh, more for the baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. I think it's geared towards that. So that's also a very interesting take on on decluttering, creating a book that's more for that population and helping them prepare for uh, their passing and and making sure they're leaving a strong legacy. So yeah, this is really cool. So we'll continue to explore this idea next year. You know, I've had, I've had a a few clients who have, have come to this idea of KonMari after having experienced the loss of one or both parents and Mm -hmm. then having to spend a, a long amount of time cleaning through their estates and, 
and, you know, saying things like, I don't want my kids to have to go through this. Um, and so I think there's really a change in, in how we're thinking about what we're leaving behind, which I think is, it's got to be a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's good news. Yeah. Our next guest, Holly Sutherland, came on our show just as she was beginning to open her very new business location in Waco, Texas. She's a really adventurous and kind of a brave person, um, setting out as a traveling organizer, working with clients all over the country, and then taking a chance with her new business in a location that was completely unfamiliar to her. Um, she's just really endlessly optimistic. And as you'll hear in Spark Joy episode number eight, it's very contagious. Take action. You know, it's it's easy to procrastinate and get overwhelmed by big ideas and big plans. Um, but I would encourage you to take action on something small that's right in front of you. So Holly was such a joy. She's just really inspirational and endlessly positive. You know, she's just the kind of person who can do something like pick up and start something new while pushing aside any fear that she has about it. Um, so that was really inspiring. Uh, and she really talked about how this idea that sometimes organizing can feel so overwhelming that we put it off and off until things just really build up. So it was really interesting to hear her take on just getting just getting started, no matter where you are, no matter where it is, you're just deciding that today it is today or this minute is the minute and you're going to start small and you're going to take it one step at a time. Um, I... I think that it would be so easy as a client of hers to really just catch that enthusiasm and that willingness to just begin um, to make a small step. And that really organizing is just about a lot of really small decisions. Yeah. And just the idea, the simple idea of taking action. I mean, gosh, I've, I've been applying that to my life and to my work with clients as well. Um, so it's, it's really just a simple statement, but like, for example, I was just at, with a client and she said, gosh, you know, I, I've got to take up this dehumidifier. I, it doesn't need to be out anymore. And it actually was not only just sitting out, it had this very long cord that was taped to the ground um, because she had a leak in her basement and she's wow. been kind of, you know, working on that for, for quite a while now. So I said, why don't we do it now? <laughs> How about right now? She's like, oh, okay. And gosh, it was so great to not have to step on that cord anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was such a small action that probably took less than five minutes. But, you know, it's it's funny how we put those little things off. I know I do it all the time, you know, simple things. Uh, I'll just say, oh, I've got to take that to the mailbox or I've got to print that out, you know, and then a week will pass and that still that little tiny task isn't done. So I love it. It just says how Holly just says, you know, take action now. That's really what it's all about. And we've also included guests in these in this show, if you haven't noticed, that you know, have given us these gems and we've immediately applied them and taken action in our own life. Um, so really special that she shared that with us. Yeah, it's um, this whole idea that sometimes by starting small, you know, like if you open up that one envelope, the mm -hmm. next thing you know, you've opened up the whole box of mail and you've just sorted it because you, you were willing to open up that first piece of mail. I think for a lot of us, just getting that little tiny first step is really the hardest. For sure. 
This next show and guests blew our minds. Jonathan Pritchard wears so many hats. He's a professional people meter. He's a business coach. He's an author. But at his core, Jonathan is a mentalist. So he uses the predictive art of mind reading to help us all think of like a mind reader and use that skill to get anything and do anything we want in life. He's amazing. He's here in Chicago as well. He's my business coach. And here on Spark Joy episode 11, he explains the importance of mental models. So there, there are these things called mental models. And our minds are really good at creating maps of our physical spaces that we navigate, our interpersonal relationships, our self-worth, everything. We build this idea of what's real, right? And if you're out in podcast land right now, if I asked you to close your eyes and leave the building that you're in, you could probably do it, right? You might bump into some walls, but you've got a really good idea of how you would go about doing that, mm-hmm. right? And that's your mental model of the space that you're in right now. If you're on a train, please don't try this. Right? <laughs> but the idea is that you've got this mental model of reality, but it's not real. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist anywhere, but it dictates how you would make your choices, right? right? That's exactly what happens in your relationship to your clutter, to your space. And what happens is when you read a book, you are installing the author's mental models of their relationship to reality. So you can have multiple mental models for the exact same physical space, Hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you could have a topographic map. Mm -hmm. You could have an interstate map. You could have a riverway map, right, of the same land, but all the maps are different in how they're useful and not useful by what they emphasize and what they don't. So if you're having issues with clutter or whatever your problem is, you can talk to somebody that solved it and kind of install how they think about things into your mind. And now you've got more useful ways of thinking about it. I love this idea of having access to multiple mental models as a way of getting something done that you aspire to do. I feel like in a way... Karen, I think we as consultants, we have the role of helping people execute the KonMari mental model, but also understand that this is just a tool right, that they can pick up and use as much or as little as they want to mm-hmm. in combination with how they've either been doing things or other ways of doing things that are out there. Um, so it's really cool. I have clients who think that if they don't line their clothes up in a certain direction, like it says in the in the book, in the method, or if they don't fold their socks in a certain way, then all of a sudden they'll never be tidy and they'll it'll never work for them. And that's so not true. There are guidelines in the book, but I wouldn't even call them rules. They're, it's a way of doing things. And even if you apply them like 50%, 25% even um, of the time, you will notice an improvement. So our job as consultants is to customize the tool, actually a big part of our job to f- to fit different types of lifestyles. So, so I love how Jonathan captures this whole idea in this idea of mental models. 
Yeah, you know, it was so funny because on the surface of it, it seemed like Jonathan really, like, why is he on a show about Kanmai organizing? Right. But it's so interesting how, I mean, he's a mental, mental uh, mind reader, and it, but it was just so interesting how everything that he said just really tied us back into this whole idea of, of, of kind of like what Holly was saying is, just, you know, you just got to get started. It doesn't have to be 100%, but also just trying to understand where you're coming from. And, and and why we're doing the things that we do. I, I think for a lot of clients or a lot of people who approach Kanmai, it's so easy to think of how how you're different than Marie Kondo or how, you know, she doesn't, have, she, at least when the book came out, she didn't have children. So it won't work for people with kids. It only works in Japanese homes. It only works under these circumstances or those circumstances, or it won't work for me because my situation is different. But I think what Jonathan had to say was, is that, you know, you start with where you're at, you know, and, and you, you incorporate, you incorporate the rules or suggestions that apply to you. So that was, I thought it was really super. Mm-hmm. Just like my client likes to say, progress, not perfection. Yes. <laughs> right? So we hope these episodes were as inspiring to you as they were to us as we head into the new year. Every guest we've had on our show has truly sparked joy. As new podcasters who are just getting started in this venture, we cannot begin to express how much appreciation we have for the energy, enthusiasm, and gems that our guests have dropped into our podcast. Exciting times as we let go of 2017 with gratitude and open ourselves up to new opportunities in our Kanmari practice and podcast in the new year. The good news is this is only the beginning. We've got an amazing lineup for you guys in 2018. More guests who exude joy and embody the Kanmari lifestyle. We'll share them with you each and every Tuesday next year. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. You can also join the discussion on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at SparkJoyPodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with KonMari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of KonMari Media Incorporated or the KonMari Consultant Community.